and welcome to Love Letters, a story mode gaming podcast in which I, your host, Jesse Munro, sit down with a special guest to discuss the games most important to them. Today, I am joined by the bearded one himself, the powerlifting, barrel-kicking, never-leg-day-skipping host of a multitude of podcasts, such as the Ultimate Album Podcast. If you have seen a fucking mind-blowing photo of wrestlers bleeding from the face or throwing each other into space, odds are this gentleman of the scene was behind the lens. I would like to welcome my good friend, Mr. Owen Jones. How you doing, buddy? I'm exceptional now after that intro. You were right. That is one of the greatest intros I've ever heard in my life. Like my volume, I peak early. <laughs> it's all downhill for me from here, but you you will rise up. Now, look, I did drop a lot of information there, your various yeah. podcasts, but you're- you you being able to lift everything, you can lift anything. I could point to something and you can lift it. Yeah. Also, you could you kick a mean barrel. Yeah. Those videos are very entertaining. I d- when I moved house, we have a footy over near us. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get onto this. Yeah. The fucking it's- school. I'm going to get arrested if I jump the fence there. But, <laughs> dude, your photography, yes. digital beard photography. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about it? And wh- how's it all going with that? Well- I was trying to think about this morning. I don't think I was trying to think. So the first show I ever shot was in June 2014. It wasn't a The City Light show, but you were there. It was a playbook show. Playbook show. Yeah. But the first and only time I ever shot you guys was your last ever show with the playbook or one of your last ever shows. It was Parker's last show with the playbook in December 2014. Yeah, no, that was... Oh, no, no. Well, that's still. It was one. I think it was one of the last T- uh, uh, yeah, TCL shows. Maybe that was Parker's last show because I remember somebody else um, left their band the show that we played. I'm like, fucking stole my stole my thunder. Thanks, yeah, mate. no, it was Parker's last show. It was like the, the only Thanks, time I ever shot you guys, which was crazy. So for those listening, some some history here. Um, I used to be in a band with Chris and and Keelan, also from Story Mode. Uh, called DC Light, great name. Uh, we used to play shows around the local music scene. Uh, Owen came through and he became like a stalwart of the local scene because you were mixing, you I, were supporting, you were just like the backbone of everything. I met, so I was thinking about, I met you guys. So again, this is crazy. I met you guys at a Skyway show in at the castle in Dandenong. Oh shit! That was a show. Yeah, we we played with Skyway and yeah. the Swellers. Did you? No, 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 no. That one, that one. No, it was in like it was in like 2013. It was a Friday night. The playbook play. It was like playbook. My favorite accident. Skyway. You guys were there. So we, my my brother Keenan and I got off the train at Dandong Station, and Keelan comes up to us and's like, "Do you guys know how to get to the castle? Because I don't know how to. <laughs> but I'm also going to the Skyway show." And we're like, "Okay." And then we hang out with him, and he obviously he introduced us to you. And that's how I met you guys. Start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, and it's then- It's been a long time. And then you guys played a couple of acoustic shows with my cousin's band band at the time, Let's Not Pretend. Oh, shit. Yeah. Man, we could, this could be the show. This could be the whole show. It's just- happily talk- It's just- I'm, I'm having all these flashbacks of, of shows and shit. It's just nostalgia of 2013. <laughs> yeah. Which was almost yeah. 10 years ago. But anyway, so that- so, so yeah, I was just, you know I was doing lights and mixing shows and doing all like stage managing shows for ages from when I was like sixteen, and then I got to I got to twenty fourteen and I was started um 
I was the co-editor of an online magazine called Pillar Reviews based out of Perth. And I met those guys just randomly at Warp Tour one year. And they were like, we got we got along really well. And then they were like, let's start a magazine together, an online magazine. Got to like May 2014. And I was asking photographers around the scene, you know, if I could use their photos. It shows I was reviewing. But they all sucked at getting photos back to me on time. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do this myself. Bought a camera, started shooting. And that's how it started. So you started taking photography out of out of a little bit of spite, not out of spite, just because I was just really annoyed at the fact that, like, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'll just do this myself. <laughs> like, I can do it all. And then the reviews just took a backseat because I just, you know, not to blow smoke up my own ass, but I was getting, I got good quite quick. And I had a lot of people. Yeah. I had a lot of good, like, I knew a lot of people anyway. I knew PJ Pantelis, and he was, like, kind of big in the scene at the time, and Neil Walters, who was also really big in the scene at the time as well. So I, um, they were just kind of like, I could just bounce off those guys for help. And, I mean, they both still help me to this day. Um, and, yeah, and then that just kind of built from there. And then... I toured a bunch between like mid 2014 to the end of 2015, did a bunch of road trips with the playbook. Um, and then at the end of 2015, I kind of was, got, I was, I was kind of over the live music scene and being a live, being a lifelong wrestling fan. I just emailed a bunch of wrestling promotions in Melbourne. One of them got back to me, which is Melbourne city wrestling, who I'm still at to this day. Um, asked them to shoot their wrestling shows. And they said, yes. And very, now- very, Good wrestling photo. Thank you. It took me a long time to get used to it, but now, yeah, like I, you know, I've I work with the WWE when they come to Australia. I work in New Japan Pro Wrestling when they come to Australia. I have worked at WrestleMania, um, as part of my podcast with my one of my best mates, Simon. Um, we were doing a wrestling podcast at the time, and we went over there to do a bunch of stuff for Australian media outlets because he was working in media at the time as well. And I've taken posed photos of John Cena. So my last kind of peaked pretty pretty early. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so I we were at a um we we're at a charity event in New Orleans on WrestleMania weekend and being a kids charity, John Cena was there. And there was a media scrum and he literally posed for for photos for every photographer. So I I'll I'll post it and I'll tag you in it later. Oh, because I've got it on my on my hard drive somewhere. I have like a posed photo of John Cena staring at my camera. That's badass. <laughs> okay. Now, Keelan can attest to this. I'm not a wrestling person. We still need all. to do this. I, ne- I, I, I never grew up with it. Yeah. And he, for years, has been trying to get me into wrestling. I will say that your photography has done more to get me into wrestling <laughs> than his bitching and moaning and rants. Keelan, pathetic effort, okay? Pick up a camera. See, I'd love uh, to get you to a show. Say, uh, done. Done. I'm doing it. But- I'll come with you, but I refuse to bring Keelan along just to rob <laughs> But, we, but it's like, would you like to come to like, you know, a, I would say a quote unquote normal professional wrestling show, or would you kind of like to come to a deathmatch wrestling show where people get thrown through glass and doors and all sorts Let's of things? Do it. Let's do it properly. Let's do it properly. If you the, a- the coolest thing that you've introduced me to is, I don't know what her name is, but she bent backwards and crawled like a fucking spider. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever seen a human uh, do. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I can't remember her name anymore. Um, she's an Austrian wrestler, and she's over in Japan at the moment. Um, give me two seconds, because I will remember her name very quickly. Um, oh. uh, Tekla. Tekla is her name. Toxic Tekla. It was so damn cool. It's awesome. Let's wind right the way back. There was a reason that you and I got into the Melbourne music scene. 
there was a game that sort of set us on this path. Yes. And it's very strange that sort of your origins as a professional wrestling photographer and the origins of story mode as a, as a concept derived from this one game, that game being 2004's incredible burnout takedown. Owen, what is burnout takedown? The greatest game of all time. Like yeah, and the podcast, right? Credit roll. Yeah, credit roll. No, so it's it's a it's a take on a it's a different take on a racing game. It's like you, you know, you, like you street great because it came out around the time when Need for Speed was massive. Um, you know, your normal street racing, do up the cars, street race, win cars and stuff. Burnout's similar. It's the, the bones of it's quite similar to that, but then you add in the fact that. In these races, you have to take out your opponents and you have to literally like crash into them and take them out as many times until they are no longer drivable. Their cars are no longer drivable. And it's the game honestly brings hours of entertainment. Like, I'll get into it a bit later, but like, and that's like the main crux of it. Like, there is like a crash mode and stuff where you can, you got to launch off like ramps into intersections or highways and get the biggest amount of crash damage possible to get a gold, silver, or bronze medal. But the the main game mode I always played was like the takedown racing modes. Road rage. Yeah, road rage. Road rage. Silver Lake southbound with the muscle car, the red one. Yep. Road Rage was my after school. I'd come home from school and I'm doing that for four hours, trying to see how many I could rack up. Because I, I even won a competition from it. Amazing. I think it was like the official PlayStation magazine. They were having a competition and I entered, I had like 170. Really? Takedowns. Oh, dude, I, I was obsessed with this one track. <laughs> uh, and I just zoned out, just zoned out. You know, kids my age were out there. They were talking to girls or they were doing well in school or most of them were probably having a wank. I was <laughs> focused on this game. Yeah. This was my wank. <laughs> see, I... See, my family, we, we always kind of got... We always got um, gaming consoles late. So, we got our... We got the, we got the, we got the OG PlayStation in 2000. Oh, 2001. I think it was 2001. I it was I think it was 2001. Yeah. And then we we didn't get our we didn't get our, P, our, our PS2 until 2006. I oh, say you played it a little bit after it came out. Yeah, so what so ah. very very late. Um and then I I didn't get my PS3 until like 2011. And then I didn't get my PS4 until 2016. So I'm always been kind of late. Um, so yeah, we didn't play it. So how we were introduced to the burnout games was we went to my auntie's house in Echuca one year, like probably, and they had a PS2, like one of the early ones where like, you, you know, they, like how it is now where like the game just like it had the, the disc tray it slides in and out, like a DVD player. Yeah. Um, and they had burnout two. I never played number two. Yeah. So they had burnout two with like, which was mainly the crap, which was mainly the crash mode. And then we were playing that for hours and hours that night. And then we, cause we only still, we, I don't think we had our PS2 yet. And then years, a couple of years later, we got the PS2 and we couldn't find Burnout 2 anywhere, but, but Burnout 3 came out, what, two years prior. So we got that instead. And that game has just consumed me and my brother ever since. 
like you said, it came out during the time of Neva Speed. It was Neva Speed and Gran Turismo 2004. Yeah, because so Gran- you had a game. Was that Gran, Tur- Gran Turismo 4? What do you mean Gran Turismo 4? Around that, yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a simulation game. That was, that was a very game that took itself quite seriously. Yeah. Why I personally bounced off it. And then you had Need for Speed, which is deep into like street racing culture. It was just a different brand. But then Burnout comes out and rather than going for this added realism, which all games were going for, they went in the direction, this is Criterion, who's behind the game. Yeah. They went in the direction of arcade, but then mixed, the way I see it, they mixed a racing game with Tony Hawk. Literally. literally. It, 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 it's extreme with an X. And the graphics for a 2004 game are sensational. They still hold up. The frame rate in that game's phenomenal for what it is. Like, well, the amount of shit going on in screens, like, how, how is this possible? Obviously, I, re- I only kind of know it, like, recently because of my old job I had for the past few years. But, like, I didn't realise, I, I forgot until I, when I tried to play it the other night, which was a disaster, that you <laughs> had the choice to choose between 50 or 60 hertz television. Yeah. In the loading screen. Rare as hell back then. Ne- any other game I had on the PS2, net was never an op- that was never an option. In any other game. So, you were saying there's, there's, there's race mode, there's road rage, yeah. and there's crash mode. What's like, what are you like your fondest memories of those modes? Uh, well, there's a, there, there, is, there's a, there is a bunch. So, like, obviously just like, you know, like a like a Saturday morning or an afternoon, just like m- my brother and I, just literally just playing it all afternoon. Like we'd get home from like juniors tennis in the morning, and we just play Burnout Three for like all afternoon. And like we'd do single races, and we'd play against each other, and it was just the most insane fun. And but then for me though, it's kind of weird because like I'm just trying. It's very relative to my actual life though. So, like, we moved to the house where we are in now in 2010, but it was also the same year that my brother actually moved to Wodonga for two years for school. So, like, pretty much had, like, you know, my best friend taken away from me. So, I had, like, I've got my sister, but she was at uni at the time doing a teaching master's and everything, so she, she was never here. So, like, I didn't have anything. And then, like, you know, I hadn't played the PS2 for years, for, for a while, dragged it out and burnout was still in was the disc was still in the console beautiful so literally would have been year nine for me so 2010 and 2011 all i did like all my free time was play burnout so that's like now like that's kind of like my main memory of this game was just this time where like you know like formative years of being a teenager 15 16 um but, and like, you know, not traumatic, but just like uh, having like my brother not home anymore because he'd moved three and a half hours away. I, you know, needed something to do and rediscovered Burnout. And it was that game that, you know, I could just sit there for like six to eight hours and just play and not get bored. And just, I would say have music playing like in the background but I didn't need to because this game's soundtrack, which we will talk about later on. Oh, we will talk about the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Was, again, and as was when you messaged me asking me to be on the show, you're like, you know, a game that, you know, shaped you as a person. And when we start talking about the soundtrack side of this game, nothing shapes me more than this game. Apart from another- it, it could, Apart it from one other game. game. 
One other game. What's the other which, game? No, we'll talk about it in the soundtrack part. Oh. I'm going to tease you. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, you know what? Let's just get straight into it. Burnout Takedown, known for its legendary soundtrack. This is. It's been rated. I think I, my brother was talking about it the other day. I think it was on like some gaming or some like music website. It was rated number th- four of all time, the best gaming soundtracks of all time. That's wrong. It's number one. Fuck them. It's, it's number one. Everyone goes I, Tony Hawk 1 and 2, which is fine, but. Fine. It's got to be this. They, I think the Tony Hawk games, at times, some of the games, had higher peaks. Yes. But this is consistent. Consistent. There, there, there's really one skip on the soundtrack. Which is Orpheus by Ash. It's Orpheus by Ash, <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, but the other songs, and look, so this came out when we were teenagers. It's actually really weird that you brought up that it helped sort of you through a, you know, a, a time of upheaval in your life. Yeah. Everyone I've spoken to about this game has said the same thing. And it could just be, look, we were all teenagers when this came out. So it was a time of upheaval, upheaval in your life. See, I wasn't. Um, it, when, when this game came out, I would have been nine years old. Oh, shit. But when, but, <laughs> oh. but when we got it, I would have been, I would have been like, ele- I would have been like 11 or 12. See, it's different for you. Because, I mean, look at that beard. You hit puberty at six. Come on, man. You just sped through that. I mean, I've had this exact beard since year twelve. This is the same. This is the same. Since I've known you've had that beard. This is the same beard. I haven't. I haven't been clean shaven since year twelve. It's the same beard. Anyway, so like, so because like, so because so my brother is um he's three years older than me. So when I was in year when I was in year eight, he was in year twelve, and he was in a he was in a deathcore band. You know, Northern Star Wars Deathcore of two thousand and of two thousand and nine was supreme. One of the best oh, bands yeah. was Orpheus, not the song by Ash, but the band Orpheus. Um, but anyway, so like he was obviously like you know he listened to music and just passed it on to me. He was, and, and then when we kind of obviously he he hadn't played this game for a while either because you know PS Two was with me. When I was rediscovering songs on this playlist, I was like, dude. You gotta check this, but you gotta check this out again. You gotta listen to this again. And then a couple months ago, um, we were in the car, and I, because obviously, you know, Spotify being Spotify, someone's made the entire soundtrack as a playlist, and I put it on, and he, and now all we listen to is this soundtrack, is this playlist still. And it's 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 now been it's now been sixteen years since we bought this game. The soundtrack holds up. I was listening to it last few days, yeah, just to get kind of g'd up for this. I've said it on repeat. It holds up brilliantly. And you see those first seeds planted of bands that you grew to love. There's yep. so many bands like, this is the first time I heard Rise Against. This is the first time I heard Yellow Card. Yep. Um, this is a game that got me really into Fall Out Boy as well. But then you got some bands that why well, didn't stick around with. They have certain songs like the Von Bondi, come on, come on. Uh, Sugar Cult. Oh my God, the Sugar Cult uh, song. Is, it's that, so good. That song, like, I, we listen, me and my brother listen to that song regularly. Like all the time, but like for me, so like there was songs where like I didn't, I, I didn't remember them, and then when I'd play it again when I was a little bit, a little, you know, I say a little bit older, but like you know, sixteen, like uh, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, like twelve oh eight fall apart is just all time banger. Yeah, the intro is sick, the guitar riff is awesome, and the outro chorus is massive. It suits the game so well, so well. Like, but it's a it's a song that it's a song that should be on Tony Hawk. Yes, it suits the vibe so well for a Tony Hawk game. But um, 
But for me, like as you said, like Rise Against it was the first time I heard Rise Against, and what a song as well. Paper Wings is the Rise Paper Against Wings song. Paper Wings is the best song. And again, this this relates back to my life now. When I got to take photos of Rise Against, they played Paper Wings as I was taking photos of them. So like, it's just this big circle happening again of my life of when I was 16 to when I was 25. So it's just like this huge weird circle of like, holy shit, I'm taking photos of a band I love, of a song I love from my favorite video game of all time. Like, doing what I love now. That's so damn cool. When like, when 16-year-old Owen, when the TV I played Burnout on was here, where my Power Rangers are now, my TV was there, I was sitting other side of where my computer is playing burnout listening to that listening to that song i wouldn't expect in f- eight years in the future to be taking photos of that band playing that song it's such a shame that games don't have soundtracks like that anymore no Look, games coming out today they have great soundtracks they're great but this and like the tony hawk games and even movies, mid-2000s to early 2000s movies yep. would come out like, you know, your your American Pie-esque films, you know, that type of film, yeah. your teen comedies. They all had this really cool soundtrack and then you would you would hear the song and you'd remember the film and then you'd have a good time with that. Mm-hmm. And same with the game. You'd either play the game and remember the song or hear a song and remember the game. It was a symbiotic relationship that games don't have nowadays. No. And it's gutting because it's still good music. So here's the thing. It's not as good as mid-2000s. Here's the thing, right? Speaking of that thing with like Rise Against, I can't remember. I think you, you I think you, no, you were definitely at this show. You were at Motion City Soundtracks last show, weren't you? No, I wish. You do? Oh, okay. So I wish I was. You probably sort of thought of me because everyone used to say when I had longer hair, I'd mess it up. And I had a beard, I had the glasses. Apparently, I look like, um, you look like Justin uh, Pierre. Look like Justin Pierre. Yeah. Who was that? I wish I was as cool as him. Motion City Soundtracks, la- la- it was their last ever show in Australia because they were breaking up. It was in Melbourne. They played two shows, Sydney and Melbourne. The Melbourne show was on the day of my, was the night of my 21st birthday. So, 21st birthday, I get to see one of my favorite bands of all time. I get to take photos of one of my favorite bands of all time. And I didn't have to organize a, a 21st because all my friends were going <laughs> to be there. Like, Parker was there, Jamie Rolf was there, like, everybody that, like, you and I knew was at that show. Like, everyone from, like, that, like, Melbourne pop punk scene from, like, 2013 to 2000 and what, that would have been 2016, was at that show. I've gone into his big deep dive of, like, all the bands from back then. I've listened to, like, MFA and Skyway and shit lately. That was, I'll say it. Peak Melbourne music. Dude, I mean, even a Skyway from Sydney, I agree. I li- uh, dude, peak I, Australian music. I listened to Withcon's first EP the other day. I'm like, oh, this is so, so good. Ah, oh, the good old days. A bit, We're old. We're a, an old man. A bit iffy now, but anyway. Um, so anyway, cl- linking back to everything. And the thing with, with, with that MFA show, because there was no barrier, because it, pri- it was at the Prince of Wales in St Kilda. So I, I, got, I got to shoot the whole show because for people who may not know, when you shoot like a gig with like one of those like barriers, like, like a photo pit, you only get to shoot the first three songs and then you have to leave or stop taking photos. But with that, um, with that, I was going to say my favorite accident show, I wish, <laughs> with that Moses <laughs> D soundtrack show, there was no barrier. So I could shoot the entire show in inside the mosh pit, which was awesome. 
so I shot the whole show and during my favorite accident by Motion City Soundtrack, the keyboard player Jesse Johnson, like Does the flip? Did the flip off the keyboard. Yes. And I have the photo. I took that photo. It's, I still have that photo hanging on my wall somewhere. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I can now relate all these massive moments in my career to this video game. It's so weird that I have, I have like a weird string with that song as well. So playing the game, I remember when I first fired up, this is in the few PS2 games I had. Yeah. I loved, this is where I was sort of peak into gaming, but I didn't have many games. I was actually playing this on my sister's PS2. Okay. And it was the only game I had where one of my, like my friends came over and we could do kind of pass the controller because everything else was like Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. Like you can't really pass the controller with that. <laughs> Metal Gear but I remember the first time I fired it up, one of the first songs was uh, My Friend Accident and it has that, that synth at the start on the Moog. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, this song's really cool. I went on YouTube and I watched the film book and then he does, he does it like handstand thing. Yeah. And then I remember like, a few weeks later in um, studying music in year what, 10 or whatever it was, one of my friends had to take photo- do photos. So I posed that shot. I did the jump and stuff like that. Amazing. I need to find it now. That's sick. Um, and then I remember when we started playing shows, there's this local band, could might have an accident. I'm like, yeah. could I hang out with these guys? And that's another reason that like, you were hanging out with them. And we started talking more because yeah. of this whole scene. Yeah. It's so weird. Everything links back to that. And just to go on to two tangents real quickly, there wouldn't be a story mode without Burnout Takedown. There you go. Because that uh, game made me pick bass to learn. When I picked, played bass, I started the band. started the band. I met people like Keelan. I met yourself. I met Chris. I met like cool people in story mode who years later became story mode. Yeah. Um, and just another, I won't go too into detail on this one, but when I was younger, I broke my arm pretty badly broke you broke my humorous but it, was, it wasn't it wasn't think. very funny no, was it, was it? <laughs> um snapped it clean in half and it hit the nerve it means my whole arm like went limp and i couldn't move my hand all i could do was like a really weak grip that's all yeah and the doctor said look i, I had a pretty low chance of ever moving my arm or hand again because the bone when it snapped shredded my older nerve and that's the nerve when you hit your humerus that's the one that makes it hurt a lot. Yeah. So imagine getting that shredded. Nice. Um, not fun, especially when you're, what, like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. And you're like, you know, the ha- you know your hand, the one you're going to start to use a lot? It's done. <laughs> it's done with. And it was like two weeks after I bought an acoustic guitar as well. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable because of it. But I still wanted to play games because I needed to escape from things. So I worked out the only two games I could play were Burnout Takedown and FIFA, whatever year it was. Because I could use my chin on the analog stick and because I could still do a slight grip, I could still use the trigger buttons. Yeah. So I would sit there. I would come home from school. I would sit there for hours playing Silver Lake Southbound, <laughs> Road Rage, Red Muscle Car. And these little micro movements slowly but surely helped me get my movement back. So every time I went to my hand therapist, She's like, you know, you're, are you doing the exercises? I'm like, no, <laughs> of course not. I'm a, I'm a moody teenager. You've got bad news. Of course I'm not doing it. She's like, it's, it, you're getting your movement back. It's fantastic. So I've always had this game to thank on like a different level. Yeah. And that level of sort of not respect, but just thankfulness I have for this title because it did help me so much yeah. is what led to me wanting to create love letters 
because it made me realize that, look, a game can be good. There are games that I love at a technical level, just for the experience I had with the game, but there are some games that help or define your life beyond. Like the game is off and it's still affecting you. And I think for both of us, Burnout Takedown is a prime example because it, it shaped us. The soundtrack mainly shaped us. Well, exactly like so I, I i when we were talking about it in like message and stuff like i looked back and i've taken photos of so bands that were on the soundtrack and bands that i've now taken photos of uh atreyu Fuck. um motion city soundtrack Wait, wh- what's the atreyu song that's on the um game is it right out of the bed yeah Oh, what a banger. So what a banger. Atreyu, Motion City Soundtrack, Newfound Glory, Pennywise, Rise Against, the um, and Yellow Card. Like, fire like the big of like the bands that I love most from that I've taken photos of. And I've probably seen like, you know, half the rare, like pretty much half the soundtrack in concert anyway. So like and again, when I went and saw Yellow Card, like when I went and saw Yellow Card, they played Breathing. And all I can think of is just dun, like dun, killing dun, motherfuckers dun, on dun, Kings dun, Kings dun, of the oh. Road. Like, yes, yes. It's like, dude, I just got like fucking 56 takedowns on Kings of the Road whilst standing in Hi-Fi Bar seeing Yellow Card play <laughs> Breathing. It's like one of those things that every time, even like I could be at work and one of those songs come on and I'm like, just transport her back to play this game. That's how connected to this game I feel like you, people like you and I and my brother are. When we hear these songs, we're like, I can tell you exactly where I was. And because, like, the design and everything of the game was so bold, you can literally close your eyes when you listen to those songs and you see it again. You, you, I remember, like, the bright, yellow, obnoxious font on the screen telling you that you're going to take down stuff like that. And what I loved is that when you're racing, you take somebody down, it's like, whoa, wait, wait. The race is cool, but the takedown's better. And the camera will fade, like, will slide over to the crash you just caused. It's incredible. And it will focus on it for a second. And then back to racing. It's like, yeah, no, that, the racing is secondary. Yeah, that's the it, thing. You're, the direction for a game made in 2004, like, it's more, like, it's paused, like, where you like where you are. It's changed focus. And it goes back to, like, your real-time playing. That stuff, like, games these days barely do that won't do it because they like want you to focus and they go for that realism. This was no, this was adrenaline. This is, this is heroin, this game. Well, and here's the thing. Like we've always Have played fun with it. <laughs> we've always played like F1 because we're massive F1 fans. Anyway, have been for as long as we've been alive. So we've always played like the first F1 game we played was F1 2000. Like we've always played the F1 games and, you know, and the Gran Turismos and stuff like that. And then even going back to the PS1, playing Toka Touring Cars, Toka 2, Toka 3. Yeah. Like, exactly. So, like, we've always played these racing games that are more built on, like, you know, actual racing drivers, like, you know, Mark Schumacher, Mika Hacken, and guys like that. When, you know, we'll be playing that, but, oh, you know, I'm kind of over, you know, racing hard. We'll put on Burnout 3 and just drive into motherfuckers. But having the best time listening to the best music. It was so like expertly made that you you were so out of focus in the game when you played it because you were listening to music and you're watching crashes, but somehow the driving felt satisfying. It it towed a line between, you know, your kind of NOS boost in Need for Speed levels of 
adrenaline, like just pure speed, and an arcade racer. And because I remember, like dr- boosting into a corner, drifting, and then boosting out of it was easy, but you, it never felt cheap. You felt badass, and because the you grew your boost longer if you got, you know, you drove on the wrong well, side of the road. Yeah, you do more takedowns. You drove on the wrong side of the road. You had near misses. Like, stuff like that grew your boost meter higher, which meant you could go faster. And But the, the actual physics of the game is quite exceptional for a game of that era because you've got, like, as you said, like, you know, you've got the, the, like the, the skidding and the drifting, but then you've got the aftertouch takedown button. Oh, man. So, like, for people who may not have played, if you get taken out, you press R1. R1? Yeah, it's R1. (laughs) And you can, like, literally stop time, and as you're moving in slow motion, you can try and take out somebody who's who's racing in the race as well, and you get more points if you get an aftertouch takedown. I I loved, you know, you brought up driving dangerously to get boost. That rush of driving on the wrong side of the road and just weaving in and out of traffic. Dude. I, I don't think a game has had that sense of it felt easy, but it wasn't. I think that's why you I had, felt you're on a different level as you're playing. I think it's why I have such high anxiety these days. <laughs> <laughs> Our gaming choices have not helped. Us I think at. it's destroyed oh. my mental health. But <laughs> what, about, what about crash mode? So crash mode is, like you said earlier, you drive into an intersection, you need to cause the biggest pileup possible. You get some bonuses. If a car hits like an explosion token, it will blow up, causing more crash. And it was trying to get the biggest insurance payout, which I used to love. It's hilarious. But so- What happened to crash mode? Why don't we get in? So we had, after this, we had revenge. Yep. And then we had paradise. It was almost a reboot. It's sort of, look, paradise- I don't. It, it's not as good as Takedown, but it is sort of the definitive it, burnout. It's more Paradise is more or less a polished version with a bit of story yeah. of Takedown. Because when I got the the Paradise remaster, all I did, all I did was the road rage races. All I did was yeah. the races, and it was awesome. Remember when games used to like have one thing and do it really well? Like remember when Assassin's Creed games were about assassinating people? <laughs> And it did it really well. And then seven games down the track, it's like a side quest that you do. It doesn't really matter. It's more about the Krieger than the assassins. Yeah. That's what happened with Burnout. It became more about like the racing and Burnout Paradise is sort of your linking spot to your Forza games. Because it was open world. You went around and you triggered events and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which but I, I thought was kind of cool. Which is Road Rage. I didn't mind that, but also like the 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 remastered version is actually quite like the graphics in the remastered version are stunning. Like it, like when you get like sunset, like like it, like sunset in like the in the remaster, it is genuinely stunning. And look, the soundtrack's okay, okay. Yeah, like the soundtrack's not too bad, but like I remember, I liked the soundtrack for Revenge, but I didn't like Revenge. So Burnout Revenge was the one that came after. It was number four. Revenge was it had- okay. It had one really shitty feature where you could check traffic. Yeah. So if you're going fast enough and you went up a car's ass, it would just knock it out of the way. So suddenly it was like you're driving a sports car, but it was smashing through traffic like a like a semi-trailer. Yeah. And these cars are just flying across the screen. Like, this doesn't feel cool. Cool is just missing a car, just almost fucking you know, throwing your ass out of your fucking windscreen. But um so 
Oh yeah, one thing I want I want to go back on with the soundtrack. I was never a massive Fallout Boy fan because I just so like because they were always like they were always on video hits. So I'm like, look, they're cool, but that was when like that was when I was kind of like getting into like more metal. But when I when I went back in like twenty like ten and eleven when I was playing Burnout again, I was really into like pop punk melodic hardcore stuff like that. So when I hear reinventing my world to run myself over. Such a good, such a good song. It's the best. I can, as soon as you mentioned, I could hear it in my head. Like, to prove yourself. Like, it's the, it's top five Fallout Boy songs off their best album. And I will die on that hill. We need to talk, we need to, we need to have just our own spinoff music podcast, man. I, I want to talk Fallout Boy with you. I will die on that hill. That fact that it, that's their best album. That or Cork Tree. But, become a big Foley fan lately. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But that got me into them as well. And it, it, exactly. it's so weird that it got me you back mentioned into the band, them. I hear the song and I'm seeing the game now. Exactly. Exactly. It's a full circle that takes us back to that to that game. Because, and that's all I kept thinking of when when you asked me, you're like, you know, game that changed, that shaped your life. And I, now I will. I now will say the other one because I mean I'm happy to come back on yes. and talk about this other game. Done. Dave Mirror Pro BMX. Fuck. Good drop that one. What was on that soundtrack? Every band I've ever listened to. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing: when we got that, when we got the PS One, I was five. I was five years old, and I and the first song on that game is "What I've Got" by Sublime. And then the next one is Greed by Pennywise. Again, Pennywise again, which come back later on, on um, Burnout. But- Pennywise with a mid-2000s version of Wolfmother. Not in those, because Wolfmother's whatever, but they were on every single game. Every because single. I remember like 2015 or so, Wolfmother was in every fucking game. It's like, okay, get, I get it. Women, yeah. I get it. <laughs> so like- but yeah, so, so Dave Mirror Pro BMX, when I was five, had, yeah, Sublime, Pennywise, um, Swinging Udders, Social Distortion, um, 59 Times the Pain, like Rancid, all these bands that all I listen to now as a 26-year-old are those bands. So that's the other game. That's 20 years later. Like, that's the like a completely other game that 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 was kind of like this like it's weird like that's like the stepping stone to burnout because it's BMX this guys are doing tricks and falling off their bikes whereas Bur- and with an all with an incredible soundtrack whereas burnout is burnout three is you know you're racing through highways and streets taking people out with an amazing soundtrack. I'm gonna say something controversial here, and let's remember that overrated does not mean bad. I think the Tony Hawk soundtracks are a little bit overrated. I agree. And then- Thank you. Thank you. Like, well, it, in 2020, when the remaster came out, which is an amazing remaster, by the way. Oh, yeah. The sound, like, the thing is, like, the soundtrack, when I listen to that now, because the thing is, for me and my brother, we didn't have Tony Hawk. We only played Tony Hawk at my cousin's place. We had Dave, like, Dave Mirror BMX was our Tony Hawk. Yep. So that's the game that got us into punk rock music. So when I went back and played and now having owned a Tony Hawk game, 
when I go back and play that now, it's like, I know these songs because I just discovered them myself. Like Body Jar, like Less Than Jake, like Millon Colin, um, and bands like that. It's I discover them myself. Yeah. So, but like, again, bringing things all the way back around to Burnout, like, it's just, oh man. And then like, when you go back and listen to it now, it was like, you know, an adult, even though I use that term loosely with me. Loosely. Um, <laughs> Both of us. Like, fine. I mean, look at me. I just, I've spent thousands of dollars on Power Rangers toys. I'm not an adult. And I squealed when I saw them. So I think we're on the same level here. It's actually really funny. Quick side note. Um, I will show this so the viewers can see. That top one like there, the one like this one here, the one that's still in the box. Four years ago to this day, when I was in Japan, I bought that toy. That's the Megazord I never got as a kid. The Power Rangers Turbo Megazord. Never got it as a child. My mom, my parents never got it for me. I have the toys, the action figures, but not the actual Zord. That thing cost me $450 in Japan, so 39,000 yen. Now sells for $900. I win. Damn. Good work. But anyway, back to burnout. <laughs> so you go back and listen to these songs as an adult, and it's like, this song rules. Why didn't I like that when I was playing it as a 16-year-old? I've had um, uh, Independence Day. I don't know who sings motive. it. Motive. No motive. motive. Dude, that motive. song rules. I hated that song. Yeah. I hated like that song. song. They hear more. It's like, oh, that's a bit more, more of a mature vibe to it. It's a little bit rough around the edges and some of the more polished shit, like, you know, like yellow card and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, that works for me now. Um, and look, even go back and my love for DJ Striker is there now. I used to hate DJ Striker when he comes in. The fact that he's like a he's like an actual like an actual guy like an actual radio host it still blows my mind. When I was googling, I wanted to Google him. I need to hear that voice again. And then you got all these like sets and stuff that he's doing. He's like, wait, what? What do you what do you mean? You're a real? You can't be a real man. What are you on about? <laughs> the real man. Good it's for him. a real dude. But like, and then like bands like Funeral for a Friend, who I never really cared about. I listen to it now. I'm like, oh, dude, this. Like they were like, I remember this song purely for the game, and I go back and listen to it, and then I click through to the album. I'm like, oh, dude, I missed out. Yeah, it, it, it's such a like, uh, what's it? What, what, what do you call it? Embarrassing thing? It's a time capsule. Yes, of when music was better. Yeah, and look, I, I don't care how old we fucking sound right now. It was okay. The youth is wrong. Okay, we were right. Um. But one of the things that sucks is there is a push for a remake. I think a remake of this would be spectacular. However, it just won't work because a big thing about games nowadays, and I mean, one of the reasons why good soundtracks and games are dying off is it costs an arm and a leg to get licensing now. Yep. Plus, all the copyright bullshit on Twitch. Like, I'm still getting my head around Twitch. I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, as anyone who's ever watched me try to put a stream together knows. <laughs> But I know that if you play licensed music, sometimes you will get strikes. If you get three strikes, then you can take, take down your channel. Yeah. I have seen some channels who will play full music in the background, full songs, and it works, and they're fine with it. I've seen some people play 20 seconds of a song and they get a strike. Yeah. I You can't, you couldn't stream a game like Burner, and streaming is really what makes and breaks games nowadays. Like the last game that I played that had a banging soundtrack. And if you haven't played that one, you should play Guardians of the Galaxy. I think you would love it. Uh, oh, really, is it, is old, it good? School, it's, it's, 
up there as my game of the year. It's in my top three of last year. Well, it's incredible, dude. It's got like the soundtrack is like Europe and foreign, our Pat Benatar. And oh, all that so it's shit. all the music I like. <laughs> exactly. When I when I played, I'm like, oh, like this, but there's, a, <laughs> there's a thing in it where, and I've I've mentioned this thing in so many shows we've done. I don't care until I get everyone to play this game at least once. I will keep talking about this thing. You can call it a huddle when you're fighting. So if your team's losing, uh, you and you you power up enough, you press your shoulder buttons and everyone comes in and they all take a knee around you. The fight just stops. Okay. And they all take a knee and they're like, Oh, you know, Star Wars, they're laughing at us, at, at us out there. We're not a team, blah, blah, blah. And you can see all the, like, their words on the screen. And then you have to pick the right uh, pep talk to give them. Okay. So you give them a pep talk. If you give them the right one, licensed music comes in. Okay. You got like, I need a hero. It comes blaring on and everyone's boosted. You, you support each other. You're calling shit out to each other. It's, it's rad. It's like the films. That's amazing. But even better, if you get it wrong, <laughs> they're all like, what the fuck are you on about? And they're like, what is he saying? But you pump yourself up so you're still powered up. <laughs> so you go around and to you, like everyone's badass, stuff like that, but they're just like laughing at you and shit. It's really good. Oh, I have and to check it out. Dude, you go into the ship and you can play whatever song you want on the ship. That's so cool. You can just chill and like characters like Rocket will say something when you play the song that he likes he will say something about the band. It's so cool. Dude, well, that, but you can't play that on stream. Speaking of this, like the movie soundtracks are incredible, man. Like both movie soundtracks are sensational. Um, incre- incredible. Yeah. I think I think movie soundtracks are getting better, whereas game soundtracks are getting worse. Yeah. And I blame streaming. I blame you. Well, Whoever's ahead of Twitch, come at me. I don't even care anymore. Well, here's the funny thing. Dude, like, you got practice. people like Matt Heafy from Trivium who his daily Twitch streams are him playing Trivium songs. When like Twitch went through that massive thing about like, you know, like with all the strikes, he got copyright strikes for playing his own music. His fucking song. Songs he writes. He has, like he owns the rights to that song. He was getting copyright strikes for it. Yeah, it's absolutely it's so But no, I agree. I, and that's, I, that's I agree why with- I think people can't, enjoy a game like this because look if you could stream this game with the soundtrack going and get people who had who never got a chance to play it i think you know when people bitch about remakes and remasters and blah blah blah, this is a case of it being important it's really hard to go back and play burnout takedown we want to but you need to have a working ps2 you have to have the disc and in Owen's case, you can have both and it still won't work sometimes well i um i have to because it did come out on xbox 360 it did, yes. So I, my, I, we, I do have my, my, my partner's Xbox 360 here, so I may have to uh, try and find the 360 version and just play it on her Xbox. Uh, yeah, if you get that working, I'll bring a six pack over. Okay, <laughs> oh, dude, sounds <laughs> done like and a, done. <laughs> and you can do the six pack. Hey, yeah, you yeah. know I will. You know, I will. <laughs> dude. Oh, All oh, right. Well, that's that's our plan. That's our, that's our plan. Before we lock it in, okay. I need you to tell me something. I need you to describe Burnout Takedown, what it means to you, Owen Jones, yeah. the digital beat himself, in three words, what does Burnout Takedown mean to you? Can I just say what it did in three words instead? Sure. Changed my life. Oh, that was beautiful. Well done. It did, though. And it did. And that's it, the, re- it really did. Like, that's the thing. It's like, oh, you know, it is, you know, it's just a game. Yeah, it is a game. And, like, the actual, like, look- I mean, I don't actually have my L's. I can't drive a car. But like- Same. So like, it didn't change my life because I go driving along the M80, crashing into cars and seeing if they fly off on the high street. Like, 
I it changed my life because it's the music I li- it's literally the music I listen to now and as we've said from the start if I didn't listen to this music I wouldn't have met you I wouldn't have been like I wouldn't have taken photos I wouldn't have toured band with bands I wouldn't have shot half the bands on this soundtrack I wouldn't have even t- started taking photos of wrestling because it was a natural progression. I wouldn't have been in the band. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have started story mode, play, met less, playing less games. I'd be like something like gross, like a doctor or a lawyer by now if it wasn't for this I mean, game. Well, okay. actually, no, you couldn't, you couldn't have been a doctor because your arm would have just been like all flimpy and floppy. <laughs> Damn it, I forgot about that. Could have been a cool <laughs> But could that's the thing, cool though. Lawyer. Like, this game literally, like, it, it introduced me. I mean, dude, we completely forgot that it has the Ramones on there. God damn. God Maybe we should do a bonus episode soon and we just go through song by song. I think we're going to have to because, like, 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 I like, like, you know, I like, I hadn't heard the Ramones and then I listened, I heard that song. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then again, that was when I was like 13, like, tw- like 11, 12. I was like, oh, cool, whatever. And then when I go back to it when I'm 16 and then when I have my own computer and I have access to fucking BitTorrent, like, I download R- Ramones discography. And now they're one of my top ten favorite bands of all time. And all stems from this. And all stems soundtrack. from this game. And that's what I'm saying. Perfect game coming out of perfect time for both of us. And that's the thing. Like a quick little one for you know. I mean, I'm happy to come back on to about Damien Pro BMX because that game again changed my life. When <laughs> so in 2000 and 2013, it was just before I turned 18. Dropkick Murphys toured Australia with Swinging Utters, two bands that were on the Dave Mir Pro BMX soundtrack. Swinging <laughs> Utters open up the show and like they come on stage and they're like, all right, cool. And like each literally into the microphone, they're like, all right, cool, let's just start playing. And they play Stupid Lullabies. They open with Stupid Lullabies, which is the song on Dave Mir Pro BMX. And me and my brother just look at each other and literally get really emotional because we're like, holy Aww. shit, like this is the coolest thing ever. And it's the exact same thing when I saw Yellow Card play Breathing, when I took photos of Motion City Soundtrack and Rise Against playing Paper Wings in my favorite accident. Like when I saw Pennywise and they played like Rise Up, it's like, and when I when I took photos of Atreyu playing right side of the bed, it's like holy shit! Like my life's come full Banging circle, and that's what means more to me than probably anything is the fact that yeah, as you said, as we've kept saying this entire time, it's music that introduced us to what we do, like the, the the music we love, but then introduced us to a career path well, for me, a career path I've taken. All yeah. from a goddamn video game. Also, you know, you said the songs that you really like when you're a little bit older, make a sound by autopilot off. Yeah. That's in my head now as well. Exactly. But we're going to wrap it up there. We will talk about the local music scene and bands and shit for a few hours. And I'm very tempted to do so. But we're going to wrap it up there. Yes. Before I before I thank you, uh, listeners and, and viewers, if you're watching us on Twitch forward slash twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS, I'm getting better at that. Um, and you want to join the Story Mode fam, we are looking for writers for storymodegaming.com. Um, if you go into our social media, so we've got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you at, at Story Mode AUS, uh, you'll find a, a little brief ad, I guess, um, looking for writers. It'll tell you what we're after and how to get in contact with us. We would love to hear from you guys. We'd love to have you on our little journey for 2022. We have some really big plans not just this year. I mean, I mean, January, we have some big shit coming up. 
Um, so we'd love to get as many people involved as we can. But if you want to listen to our other shows as well, we have Stone Raider, a video game podcast, which is, you know, more of your news and reviews. Uh, that's over on Spotify and iTunes to so subscribe and leave us a review. Of course, we have other episodes of Love Letters. I've recently interviewed our very own Simon Evans on Final Fantasy XIV, the game he will not shut the fuck up about, but he genuinely loves it. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful love. Uh, go check that episode out as well. Of course, Fan Critical, we just want to thank them. They keep our lights on. Make sure you check out all the, their shows and give them a review and a subscription and all the love you'd give us as well. Um, and of course, we're on Patreon. Search for Fan Critical. Check a couple of buckarinas our way. He has some bonus, bonus goodies, which is always good. But with that, Owen. Yes. Digital Beer Giant. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like this was this was a genuine pleasure. I mean, thank you so much. Like I you can tell I think it, like listeners can I had the biggest smile on my face. But it's been really this good to great. catch up with you because I think the last time I saw you was when we randomly bumped into each other at Camp Park at train station. Stop. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um but like it's been so much fun, like, you know. Reminiscing about you know the the band days and stuff like that, but like just talking about how good this game is. Like, I mean, if if people, so if, weird, like if people have a working gaming con like PS2 or Xbox or like you know, just go on YouTube watch Let's Play. If, watch if, if Let's that's Plays. What you can do, just do that. Like it, it, it's it's that fun. It'll bring hours of entertainment. I'm got I'm I either gonna try and buy a new PS2 or find an Xbox 360 version because I need to play this game again. I need to get back. In. I need to play this game again. If um, I can manage to get all the pieces together, I will stream the game. And look, like I said, we can't have the soundtrack on there, so I need you to come on there and sing. I can do it. Deal? Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so weird that we came into this knowing that we were going to talk about how this game really was formative for us, but this, this discussion, it really solidified that. It's like, no, no, it wasn't just formative. Without this game, shit didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, this is like a touchstone we had to get to for anything to branch off. Also, without this game, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have chosen seeing Fallout Boy over Slip on at Soundwave one year. Which was a good decision. I'll, put, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, I've, I'd, I'd already seen Slip on like four times prior. So, I mean. And, and look, we all know Pete Wentz can do those scream vocals. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> but let's wrap up there before I start banging out Pete Wentz too much. Uh, thank you so much again. Uh, you're always welcome on any of our shows. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Hope you had fun with that. Hope you either have played I take them before and this brought back some memories or you haven't yet and it is a dream you're about to experience yes Uh, but thank you for listening stay safe play some games and we will catch you next time bye kissy kissy yo kissy kissy